The football world heads to Mobile, Alabama for the Reese's Senior Bowl. We let you know what names to watch and who has the most to lose or gain ahead of the NFL Draft. All this and more with the IBT Podcast coming at you. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the bunk, check a stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. And I got, and I got. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, and the IBT Podcast is back with you as NFL executives, thoughts, leaders, and scouts all head to Mobile, Alabama, where they're going to be on itty-bitty planes because there's no uh, major airports to go in and out of that bitch. And uh, hey, we're going to chat all about it tonight and uh, a lot else going around the NFL world. We have a stacked program for you. My name is Seth Wilcock. And today I'm joined by a big betting son of a gun, a man who fires out futures like no others. Uh, he's got the biggest brain in the marketplace right now. He's Eric Romoff. What's up, Eric? Man, still devising my uh, my head strategy for that <laughs> Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco bet that was born of this very show. So uh, excited to see him make it to the to the big dance with what like sixty six yards ahead of uh, ahead of CMC. Let's go, man. Let's go. We are also joined by our good vibes guy at IBT, fashion icon, soon to be YouTube sensation, QB1 in your heart and in your head. He's Hoover. What's up, Nicholas Hoover? QB1 in your heart and your head. I'm getting, I'm getting my ego stroke tonight. Let's go. All right. Come on. I'm feeling it. We're on the way to the Super Bowl, baby. And I got Seth hyping me up. Whew, Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm pumped. I'm pumped up, guys. We have a great show for the audience tonight, front and center. We're going to do some coaching news, talk about those championship games. Sorry, Detroit Lions and Baltimore Ravens fans. Uh, but, you know, maybe some hope for you next year. We're also going to do some rave rookie reviews. We're going to rank senior bowl prospects heading in. Obviously, this is going to be a big week for some rookie ranking movement. So what we're kind of thinking heading into that down in Mobile there. And then uh, we're going to also talk some shows that still hold up. Uh, get you through spring with a little bit of entertainment advice as well. Then we'll round it out with some from the form, answer your questions. Um, and look, we're already stacked in here with the IBT family as well. We got Didi. What's up, Didi? Good to see you saying hello. Hello, boys. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the IBT family. Dave, ready to get it going. What's up, Dave? So good to see you, man. Uh, and he is uh, he's in here with Albert as well. Good evening, IBT. What's up? Good to see you, Albert. Um, and before we jump in, I, I just wanted to give a quick shout out, man. Like, 
Today was a pretty surreal day for us here at IBT. Just very, very humbling day being nominated for four different FSWA awards as Dave Yo. puts down here in the, the chat, man. And um, yeah, it, it was very unexpected. And um, Scott also, our other co-host, not on the show tonight. He, he's a little banged up with, with the flu right now. But um, Scott also nominated. We're going against each other for uh, writer of the year in the football category. So um, just very blessed for that. And um grateful for this journey guys like really um if you would have told me five six years ago when i was a 20 21 year old college kid doing this very podcast with no audience no you know no great community behind me like we have now that this is you know what life would look like i i i would say you know hold that because i don't i don't i don't believe it all so um just so thankful for it all man so so thankful for the colleagues i've met along the way like you you great gentlemen who've eric you guys have been a part of this fucking story from really recent days but you've been a big part of it so uh so i'm very thankful for you guys thankful for this community out there people pumping us up like dave like Didi, uh albert every every single show in the audience we can't thank you guys enough and uh, we're continuing to grow somehow, somehow people don't hate us yet. Hoove. So Hoove, uh, what were your kind of takeaways for, for the big day for IBT? And like, you know, we're just getting started over here, dude. I, I'm just so excited. Like out of like me as a person, when, when accomplishments happen to me, I'm just like, eh, but when my friends ha have accomplishments, I just like do my cheeks hurt right now. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for the whole entire team. Like Scott is just such an amazing talent that we have here at IBT and you as well as our leader. And like, we're so appreciative to have you and, and have everyone here at the, on this team. So like, I'm glad that everyone else and those people in charge that do those nominations are finally seeing what I, what I and the rest of the team see. So this is your moment, man. Like hats off to you. I, I appreciate it, man. And I, I think at more of, of our moment, honestly, I think it's more our moment as a company and, Eric, I think if anything, this this teaches me and hopefully other people like it's OK to do things differently in this industry. Like like we are a very different company than most of these other fantasy sports companies out there. And like it, it, it's proved to at least be somewhat, you know, successful if you do things differently, if you can mix it up, be yourself. And at the same time, like don't be afraid to zig when other people are zagging and uh, just approach it in your own light. So so what are your thoughts on that as someone who's had vast experience in the fantasy sports and startup realm? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really it, right? Like being different, it's a it's a feature, not a bug, right? Like you have to find a way to separate yourself from the noise. And the, 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 the thing that you mentioned that's really spot on is if being tr truly and uniquely yourself is what makes your outfit, your content, whatever you're doing different, that's that's when you really have something special, right? So like the people that are watching the show, the people that have been following IBT for a while, like you're you are all a part of this. You you have watched this yes. build over the years, right? Yes. Um, I I'm not surprised to find this out, right? I don't think anyone in the IBT family was. So it's it's definitely cool to see everyone get their just due because it has been a lot of hard work to get to this point. It, absolutely and uh thank you guys in the audience for the congratulations dd and dave i appreciate you guys so much and um this is our award I, I think you said it pretty much eric like this is our award this is our community's award so thank you guys so much for the nomination um 
Scott and I go in and I think there's about seven, uh, seven recipients for that one. So I think we have what, like a little bit of a chance that IVT comes home with it. Uva. So Yo. hopefully the odds are in our favor, boys. Um, but thank you guys again. If you are new to the channel, easiest way to support us here, subscribe, come back, hang out with us again. We got clips popping off left and right right now on the channel. Uh, we got columns and blogs coming out on the on the. Uh, website as well so make sure you guys are checking it out hanging out with us all off season long let's get to front and center and uh, mix it up with a little bit of uh, coaching carousel and some conference championship recap sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do give it a chance you'll be begging for more save the spot just for you we're all somewhere in between i am got you come to the just place just trying to have some fun ain't gotta worry about something for what it means come and give me another cause the night is young at least i so thought this just in breaking news front and center Front and center, and it was the Chiefs cashing the money line for us again. Uh, who, you and I were back on here a week ago, and I, I said I wasn't taking the money line quite yet, um, but I was hammering down on the spread. I got on the money line heading into the weekend. It was great for that. Eric, you and I have been riding, you more so than I, uh, and Isaiah Pacheco, future most rushing yards, 15-1, to 1, I believe we got it at. How are we feeling about the Chiefs? They come out here. They pull it off. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. The Ravens looked like an inexperienced team who who hasn't been there before, man. And uh, what was your takeaways, Romoff? Yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre, right? Like the first off, just the concept of the Chiefs being yeah. underdogs whatsoever in in this playoff run, right? But also, like, time, yeah, looking at these two games in particular, like there's a clear dichotomy. Baltimore was not the team that they were, at least offensively, throughout every other game this season, right? Like, they had a very clear and distinct identity in terms of how they wanted to matriculate the ball down the field. And then they got to this AFC Championship game. They got down by seven off of that opening drive and just completely scrapped what was their game plan for most yeah. of the year, right? So, yes, I mean, it's, it's hard enough to win in this in this league, especially in a championship game. And then if you're if you're doing so kind of, you know, punching with your offhand. I mean, you're you're definitely putting yourself in a in a tough spot. So, I mean, the, the defense stepped up down the down the stretch run, but yeah, this was uh, this was a big bummer for the for the Ravens faithful. Yeah, the Chiefs came out hot, but the Ravens held them to three points after their first two possessions, mm-hmm. and then this was a Ravens team that. I think there is a lot of hype. There's a lot of talent on Zay Flowers is excellent, but he also caused a a terrible turnover at the goal line, caused a penalty that brought them back away from the goal line as well. Ravens got away for the from the run game, Hoove, and ultimately they they kind of end this one three t- turnovers in the bag, eight penalties as well. Um, are you back in on on Lamar next year? You think you think they'll get right back to it here as far as fantasy football production goes? Yeah, I'm still on Lamar. You know. Um... I think it's a little unfair uh, to doubt the Ravens because like when, like we talked about last week, the line at 44 that showed that you're a de- it's a defensive game. And, this, and something that we've talked about throughout the whole season here on IBT is how good the Kansas City Chiefs defense really is. And so it, like when in a battle of good defenses versus great quarterbacks, like obviously we know Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. So Lamar 
making a few more mistakes than the best quarterback in the league. Like Lamar's still a great quarterback. Don't doubt him. Like this is going to teach him so much that there's going to be a moment that Patrick Mahomes isn't there. And Lamar is a quarterback that can capitalize like Josh Allen, like Joe Burrow. I'm not worried at all. Like Lamar, I hope you get this MVP. You're going to be a two-time MVP. You're going to be the 10th quarterback to ever do it. Congratulations. I know this isn't the offseason that you're going to be looking for, but think positively because like you have so much more next year. I can see the, it. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, man. And like I went into this postseason and this season really saying, I'm done betting against these guys. I took Travis Kelsey in a bunch of leagues. I had Rasheed Rice everywhere, hoping that they would come to fruition. And in the regular season, they won me money. They won me a shit ton of money here in the postseason as well, Eric. So I, I'm feeling good about the Chiefs. Um, unfortunately, though, the Lions, man, shout out Detroit, uh, Eminem, Barry, all, all the boys out there. Um, talk about a sweat, too, because I, I had the 49ers Chiefs money line parlay. I had them parlayed to also go to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. And I also had them in a bracket challenge. So it was a big money week for me. Um, if the 49ers could pull this off and they are down 14-0, down 24-7 at the half, then Brock Purdy and CMC do their fucking thing. Score 27 unanswered. Felt like kind of a college game in the comeback there. Um, questionable clock management from Danny Campbell and the boys down the stretch. And uh, hey, uh, you, you got to win for the 49ers. How'd it feel, uh, Mr. Hoove? You see, there's nothing greater. And I wanted this so badly last year. And I, I knew it. I knew it deep down that we were the best team last year. And it just came down to unfortunate circumstances. And we're finally there a year later. It took so long, but we're finally back. And um, I don't know if I've shared this on the show before, but my, but my dad is a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. He, he, uh, he was born the year, the first time the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. And so that's how he became a Chiefs fan. And so until Patrick Mahomes won it for him against the against the Niners, that was his first time he's ever gotten to see his team win a Super Bowl. So now we're going against each other this time and facing each other. But here's the kicker. Last time that we played, we were going to go to the draft in Vegas and COVID happened and we weren't able to go. This time I'm locked in for the draft. So I feel like, you know, it's your year. We weren't able to go to the draft. I'm for sure going to the draft. What's the common denominator? You know, X times Y, X times 100 divided by Y. You know, we do cross cross multiplication around here, and that means bang bang Niner game. Eric, do you have a uh, do you have anything placed on the Super Bowl yet? As far as the Kansas City, you could get them a little bit plus money on the money line as of yesterday. I think it's come down to closer to even now. Yeah, I, I don't have anything placed as of yet. Um, I will happily take either plus money or points probably on either side of this game. I think it's going to be a real close game when when it's all all said and done, right? So there was, a, there was a point where it felt like the line was moving in the other direction. I think Kansas City was getting a point and a half, and it went up to two and a half at, at a point. This is part of the fun of, of there being a two-week lead up to the to the big game, right? Is like these markets are going to swing wildly. But for me, like yeah. – in in a close game like this, I I could totally see it coming down to the last possession. I could see it coming down to a call from a referee, and whenever that's the case, like take the take the points or the plus money and run. I'm gonna Love add it. one more thing to build up a little suspense for the Super Bowl. I thought of this when I was at work today. 
And what if, you know, that there's Taylor Swift over in, uh, she has a performance in Tokyo the night before. And so I think that that's like a 12 hour flight. And so it's 13 hours between the concert and, and Super Bowl kickoff. Well, what if you hear the night before, like, oh, she's not able to get on the flight. The flight's delayed. She's not going to make it. And then people start betting on the Niners day of like, like, oh yeah, here we go. Like that, like Taylor Swift's not there. Travis ain't going to do it. And then she shows up at halftime, just like Niners, there we go. Super Bowl, and we just get screwed. We get screwed because <laughs> Taylor shows the up. There we go. That's my I worst lo- nightmare. I love it. I love what you're cooking up there, Hoove. Um, in other news, Jim Harbaugh hired as Los Angeles Chargers head coach. I thought this was the best job, honestly. I thought it was the best coaching job available, the best quarterback on the market for these uh, teams without a head coach. California weather, non-toxic toxic media market, non-meddling owner as well. Like I, I think this was a great job for Jim. He takes it. Eric, how far do you have Justin Herbert up your rankings next year? Yeah, I don't know if this will necessarily move or affect Justin Herbert's rankings, right? But I, I do think that it's, it's a nice fit, right? I, I mean... I've I've been high on Herbert regardless of poor coaching situation. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that he can go much higher defendably. But I mean, you know, shout out to to Jim Harbaugh. I mean, basically everywhere he's gone, he's managed to find a fair amount of success, right? So yeah. he's yeah. he's got his work cut out for him the most with regard to this roster overall. Yes, he's got the quarterback who's easily the best quarterback among the head coaching vacancies, but I mean the rest of the roster is old or expensive or old and expensive like they're they're gonna have to to really build up and, yes. and hit it hit it out of the draft gymnastics uh, which they just scooped up someone from the front office in baltimore so those uh those ravens execs usually do a pretty good job with talent evaluation hopefully they can turn it around quick yeah they're gonna need to do some salary cap gymnastics rebuild that offense a little bit around justin herbert i'm excited to see what happens in los angeles who if the over under is set at nine and a half wins for the chargers next year you taking the over not the first year okay you're saying give me a, it, it, it only took one for for the 49ers though i'll stand by what i what i wrote about in the article like jim harbaugh is a great coach and I wrote about it with the Raiders and I said, give him three years and he'll win that division 100%. And Ryan Clark already came out and said that give him three years and him and him and uh, shady bet like five grand on it. Three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like give him three years and he Our wins that division. Shady. All right. Yeah. Love and it. so I'm with it. Like Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. And right now, like you're looking at Mike Williams, possible cut casualty. You got Keenan Allen, possible cut casualty. Uh, there's a lot like in that defense. Like, yeah, I, I didn't think that Jim Harbaugh was going to go there because of the Raider connection. And like once a Raider, always a Raider. So going to a division rival rival, when the op- option to go home was there, it didn't make sense. But looking at it again, now that with the higher, like now I got a little more clarity. It does make sense because if you're going to like have to clear everything out, you're going to need someone that knows the draft the next four years because he's been in college football. He knows who's, who's a dog, who's not. So he'll know who to bring in and surround Justin Herbert. I necessarily, um, I'm not even really worried about Justin Herbert right now. Um, I'm more focused on who they're going to pick at five. Yeah. I'm I'm feeling Joe Alt right now. So maybe, maybe maybe a little more protection with Justin Herbert, maybe in fantasy. He's like probably like a one Oh five, one Oh six, but, 
if they don't pick a tight end, if they don't pick a, a tackle, that's going to, it's going to be another tough season for sure. All right. Um, other news we don't have to touch on too quickly, but we do also have Raheem Morris hired as Atlanta Falcons head coach. Doesn't look like Bill Belichick, uh, unless he gets this uh, commander's job, he might not be coaching in the NFL this season. He might be uh, taking a year on the couch. Good for Raheem Morris. Seems like he, he's the right guy for this. Zach Robinson also hired as the OC for the Rams. He's the Rams quarterbacks coach. Um, so he'll head over there to uh, Atlanta with Raheem. Um, Kellen Moore expected to be the Eagles' new offensive coordinator here. Eric, you liked it last year for Keenan Allen. Do you like it the same for Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown? I felt like it was kind of hard to judge what Kellen Moore did in Los Angeles because of the injuries and just the overall lack of weapons um, and Austin Eckler aging and and Quentin Johnston just being a nobody. Yeah, I mean, even even though it wasn't the you know a a stellar season for the Chargers offense, you you could see the ways in which he he changed their their scheme. Right, they were definitely more vertical. They they didn't check down quite quite nearly as frequently as they did before. Even Keenan Allen, like you know, he was the the quintessential possession receiver, and he he got a little bit more 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 padding to his a dot. Under under Kellen Moore, I think with with him expected to to go to to the Eagles, I, I think it's just like a return to stability, right? Like, yeah, Brian Johnson was was not it. So getting someone that yeah. knows how to run a you know a, a sophisticated NFL offense, yeah. Kellen Moore or otherwise, I mean, just getting a a professional OC in the door is really going to be a big upgrade for this for this offense. Pros pro there in Kellen Moore. Last headline here, Arthur Smith expected to be the Steelers' new offensive coordinator. And holy shit, I was having a great day, tremendous day for the, <laughs> the team and the boys. And then I get this news and like, there's two sides to this. He was great in Tennessee as an offensive coordinator. Maybe that's more his role. But also like, why are the Steelers always making these like boneheaded ass decisions when there's like Cliff Kingsbury and like guys we know can run an NFL offense out there? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not loving it. I'm going to be honest. Uh, Steelers moving down my ranks. George Pickens is not going to love this at all. Um, who have any, any, any thoughts on what Arthur, Arthur Smith does to the Steelers for fantasy? Cause I, I'm out, I'm out on the lures this year. Well, I'm the zero RB people are going to love this move. They really are. Right. You got Jalen Warren. He's probably True. not going to at ADP. He's not going to be very sought after. And Najee, with how he burned people most of the year, like, yeah, you'll have the people that are like, oh, Najee's going to pop off. Like, you had the people that were saying Cam Akers was going to pop off because he had the last five weeks being relevant. So you're going to have those people. But overall, like, their ADP is going to dip a lot. So, yeah, I would I could see an opportunity. Yeah, I could see an opportunity where both of them could be flex relevant. So who knows? I'll keep yeah. my eye on that that situation for sure. Hell yeah, uh, I, Ben. I, John- oh, get- frankly, I'm surprised that one thing that we didn't talk about. We talked about Kellen Moore, but we didn't talk about Vic Fangio. I think that's more important than Kellen Moore. I th- I got Jordan Davis as a defensive pl- defensive player of the year. <laughs> We're not playing IDP year. out here. Get get real. Get real. I got one IDP league. I'm not I'm not out here ripping IDP on the Reggie. Uh, ben Johnson back to the Lions as well. This dude just is saying, either pay me some good ass money or I'm I'm staying here in Detroit with MCDC and the boys. So good to see some loyalty out there, Eric. And uh, a young coordinator just continuing to say, "Hey, I want a premier job," and maybe these weren't weren't it for him. Yeah, that's that's exactly it, right? Like, had 
had Detroit not made a deeper run and he had kind of his pick of the litter of available jobs, he might be, uh, you know, wearing that that head coaching badge right now. But, you know, with yeah, it that's down fucked to... up how, how, how that happens, too. You know what I mean? Like he I was know. in the playoffs. And dude, I was I was sweating it as a as a Texans fan. I was like, no, the the hot commodity is making a deep run. They're going to scoop up Slowick, but he went out and got a bag as well as uh, as well as Gerard, our our, our QB yeah. um, uh, coach. So, yeah, I mean, look, like they've there's a lot to like about how this sets up for you know seasons plural to come for the Lions. So, I, I think if you know if, if he doesn't like the fit with the two open jobs. You know, comes back has another successful season. He'll have he'll have his choice heading into the next hiring cycle. Hell yeah, hell yeah, Ben Johnson. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into some senior bowl talk with rave rookie reviews. Right, rave rookie reviews today. We're gonna do some senior bowl rankings and then we're gonna discuss discuss some shows that still hold up as well. And I want to start out with this disclaimer. I am not a college football expert. I am not I, I do not think of myself that way, but I read a shit ton of content for both work and pleasure. I, I watch a lot of content and I also do watch a, a good amount of college football as well. So with that being said, the senior bowl is this start for us to really get these these looks at some rookies. The practices are just as valuable as the game's going to be on Saturday. That's going to kick off at 1 Eastern time. And it's going to be great for fantasy football managers who didn't get to see every single college game. Um, and we're going to talk about my rookie rankings heading into this and who could move the most up or down in the draft board, which ultimately affects their ranking as well. Um, so I'm pumped up for this. Let's go ahead and share the board here. Um, all right. And let's, let's talk about Eric, when you look at the, the rosters here, do you agree with the assumption that this is the most stacked senior bowl you've ever seen? Because that, that's kind of what, what is being played up in the media here, that, that it is the most loaded one that we've ever seen. And I'd have to agree that this, this is absolutely a lit, lit rosters going on. Yeah, look, I mean, credit to the Senior Bowl themselves, right? Like, they've really leaned into their marketing efforts of the oh, draft yeah. starts in Mobile, right? Yeah. And, you know, over these last couple of seasons, there have been several cases that you can point to where a guy that was generally not on people's radar really announced himself to the world by way of the Senior Bowl, right? So I think they're looking to capitalize on those stories, and I think the players are realizing that you know, any opportunity to get spotlight spotlighted in this pre-draft process is one that they can take advantage of. So, yeah, this is this is a loaded roster. And I think this is a sign of things to come. I think the next, you know, two to five years for the Senior Bowl, we're going to see some primo talent going to Mobile. 
All right, we're gonna have to s- start scouring for Airbnbs. Mark it down yeah, if you- uh, if we're gonna get this type of talent there for sure. Um, let's start with the quarterbacks here because I think that's where a lot of the intrigue is here. And at uh, the top of my rankings here, I have on YouTube. If you guys are listening over there, we do have our rankings brought up. I, I have the uh, schools and the mascots for each of them laid out. And uh, if you guys aren't listening on YouTube already, make sure you are. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Come back, hang out with us again. And we also have the audio version, of course, that comes out on Wednesdays on all the audio platforms. But Michael Penix Jr., he is who's going to headline this uh, this class here in Mobile this week. Worked past two torn ACLs, followed uh, followed Kellen uh, Kalen uh, DeBoer uh, to Washington. Had a near Heisman run, uh, near SEC championship or uh, uh, national championship run as well. And then Bo Nix, he's he's second here on the list for me, guys. Uh, kind of a middle-of-the-road quarterback at Auburn and then ends up going to Oregon here in a great system out there. Third in the Heisman voting, 51 touchdowns this past year. Um, man, Bo Nix was god-awful at, at, at Auburn. And then Michael Pratt kind of ends this top tier of quarterbacks for me. He could actually slip in past someone like potentially Nix or Penix or a J.J. McCarthy we're now hearing um, if they these guys were to slide in the second round. Michael Pratt coming out of Tulane had four different coordinators during his time with the Green Waves and was a stud throughout it. Over 90 passing touchdowns, 287 uh, rushing yards this season as well. Great pocket awareness quarterback. Eric, when you look at this uh, top of the senior board, board quarterbacks, who do you like the most and who do you think has the, the most to gain or lose here? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a pretty clear tear break for me right after the first two names that you mentioned, Michael Penix and Bo Nix. Um, you know, these are the guys that are going to get, you know, a fair amount of interest and and should be in consideration as, you know, kind of day two, day three type of type of prospects. After that, I mean, you're really spinning the wheel, right? Like we talk about this. You don't like Michael Pratt? Related. You don't like Michael Pratt? I mean, there's there's a lot to like, but there's also inconsistency. There's question marks about, um, his ability to, you know, thrive in more of an NFL styled system, right? And and that's that's really the point. You're just kind of spinning the wheel, right? Any of these guys can really go out and, and make a name for themselves in Mobile or in the pre-draft process. But I, I feel like there's a, a pretty clear divide between the first two and the last four. Yeah. Who, how do you feel about the, the second group here? Uh, for me, Joe Milton, the third coming out of Tennessee, used to sling it from Michigan, goes to Tennessee, kind of a big fucker, 6'5, 244, had over seven touchdowns on the ground, and uh, was a, an efficient passer, just not a big volume passer. Sam Hartman then coming out of Notre Dame. He was great at Wake Forest, transferred to Notre Dame this past year and kind of took a step back, really. Uh, Just didn't have as much volume there with the Irish. Um, To me, he looks like kind of a career backup in the NFL. And then there's Spencer Spencer Radler, who probably one of the hottest names right now out there on the Internet. Dude, there's guys who think Spencer Radler is better than Caleb Williams and could go in the first round. There's there's people who think Spencer Radler is going undrafted here after leading the Gamecocks to a, a losing season, something we don't see happening a lot there in South Carolina. Um, never really had a had, had a great career. I, I didn't think Spencer Radler. So who? What do you think about the second group? Is there anyone you'd be worth taking a flyer on in dynasty rookie drafts? Depending on where it is, um, I think that out of the Senior Bowl with all the quarterbacks, like I'm not very big on Michael Penix. Uh, I think that. My comp for him, it's lazy comp at the moment, but the first name that comes to mind is Jam- is uh, Jameis Winston. I think he's going to overcompensate in the NFL with his arm talent. 
the name that I, the three names that I think are going to really showcase in the Senior Bowl are Bo Nix, uh, Spencer Spencer Rattler, and uh, stop, get out of here. Hey, like you said, people know Spencer Rattler just from name value, and they are going to watch his talent just from that. You know, people are like, hey, make sure you watch Spencer Rattler. The more you hear the name, hey, watch Spencer Rattler, the more you're going to be like, maybe I should check him out. But Sam Hartman, I genuinely think that this kid could be a good backup and someone like a Russell Wilson that uh, I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but Russell Wilson was almost drafted by the Colts in that draft to back up Andrew Luck. Um, Sam Hartman's like, like we, as old as we I am. Never, He's like 25, bro. Yeah, and we would have never known what he would have been. But then he ended up getting drafted like a few picks earlier to the Seahawks, and he ended up replacing Matt Flynn, who just got paid a huge contract. So there's no real opportunity for Sam Hartman to be a starter right now, but I could see those three quarterbacks really kind of impressing right now. And one other point is that where the like the fact that these two quarterbacks that people are saying are like a top top five quarterback name in Penix and Knicks are playing in the senior bowl. I know I always thought that like if you were a solidified talent, you weren't playing in this in the senior bowl. So I think Time's that, have changed, baby. Time's I don't I don't know. I think Penix and Knicks people are mocking them around like the the 12 and the 13 because it's convenient with the with the Vikings and stuff, but I don't know. I could see them more falling into the twenties and in the second round. Like, yeah, I, I I've there's seen real people talking guys. about Michael Penix going undrafted just from his injury history. All right, that yeah, that's a little. There hot. is. I'm not. I'm not saying I, that. I'm just saying there are people that are saying that. Like Nick, Bo <laughs> Nix, I think out, out of all these guys is probably my favorite talent. I think he's going to have some Jalen Hurts effect. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. I think Rattler's got the best arm out of everyone playing in Mobile. Like as as a thrower of the football, he is he is by a by a measure of of magnitude a more talented passer. But the mental stuff gets in his way, right? So like he can he can show out when he's when he's in this in this pre-draft process. We'll we'll see what happens when they're actually in the in the game environment over the course of the weekend. But I mean if if he if he falls somewhere that he gets into a good offensive system, someone that's gonna you know get these get these bad habits out of him, like he's someone that can totally sit on a taxi squad for a couple of years and then have value down the road. But I mean, we've we've seen what the floor is as well, right? Like if he keeps making bad decisions, he's not gonna have much leash in the league. Like you remember it. people, you remember people were talking about Spencer Radler as like Patrick Mahomes two point a few yeah. seasons ago. And so, like, he's, he's everyone the in the NFL talent. has an ego, so someone's going to be like, I could do it. So he, Spencer Rattler could 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 rise up draft boards. He's he's not a winner. He was He's never been a winner and also never had better than a two-to-one touchdown-interception ratio. That's fucking gross. Get me out of there. Like, I'm... That's, I'm, that's bad mi- decision-making, my guy. <laughs> miss me on the Spencer Rattler. Let's talk running backs here before we got to get Eric out of here. Um... It's going to start out here with Marshawn Lloyd for me. He comes in at my RB1 of the Senior Bowl, if you would. Um, Dude has great receiving skills. Average 17.8 yards per completion this season. Transferred to USC with Lincoln Riley after being stuck in a committee. Um, Kind of a, I think, like a late round two pick in in your rookie drafts. And then there's Ray Davis, who are also kind of in this tier. Um, Another super solid running back from Kentucky. Just good at finding the holes and 
doesn't really have that top end speed for me, but I do think Ray Davis could be a potential second string running back in the league. Like he's a great Jerome Ford. You know what I mean? Nick Chubb goes down. You need someone throwing Ray Davis. I, I think he's a Jerome Ford type player. Um, Eric, what do you think of the, the, this top tier here? Marshawn Lloyd and Ray Davis for me, um, k- kind of overall around that RB six to eight range in this class. Yeah, I, I think I think this is this is the top tier. And even even within that, I, I think Marshawn Lloyd is is a is a good bit ahead of of Ray Davis, right? Like Lloyd is I mean, he he really shines most as a single cut runner, right? Like great mm-hmm. start stop ability, makes people look absolutely silly with his with his jump cuts, right? Like good vision, good decision making. Like he he's not he's not a burner, he doesn't have like crazy top speed, but you know, the the way that he strides helps him change direction, helps him accelerate quickly. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to like about how how Lloyd sets up as a prospect. I I do think he's probably a day three guy in the NFL draft, but like a like a middle of the second round guy in in dynasty uh, context. Okay, and, and who a couple of these other guys that are from some smaller schools or just kind of off the radar guys. Um, number three in in my rankings for the Senior Bowl here was Cody Schrader out of Missouri. Guy was one of the best players in Division Two. Ends up walking on at Missouri, eighth in the Heisman voting this past year, over sixteen hundred rushing yards. I love him. I I, I, lo- I think he's an electric player, but he's one of those players also comes into the draft older. How old? I couldn't tell you. Everywhere I look for this guy's age, it's like his PR people do not want it out there. How old is Cody Schrader? I have no idea, but he came into to college in 2018. So I'm guessing he's around 23 going on to 24 um, and has a shit ton of miles on him. So any interest in Cody Schrader or Dylan Lobb is my other uh, running back in this tier out of New Hampshire. Kind of their big play machine up there, uh, up yonder and uh, real nice hands, kind of like a late two day two, early day three running back in my projections. Oh, I don't see that. I don't, I don't, I don't see them going that high. Like just because of the immense talent overall, like it's not even a knock. Okay. It just like the only guy that I really see out of here that I, I could see standing out would be Marshawn Lloyd. Um, but it, it's not a knock to them. It's that even just doing mock drafts now, like these guys, I don't see them going until the third, fourth round because there's so much talent in, with uh, wide receivers and like, not really tight ends, but it's just a weak running back class. And I think people are going to realize that, that it's a weak running back class and that they're going to oh, wait. Oh, it absolutely is. And that they're going to wait. So, like, these guys, you're going to you, – I see a lot of Trey Sermons. I see a lot of Kendra Millers. I see a lot of Israel Abitacondas. Like, So, you see – is that what you I, I see in a Schrader or a Lob, kind of these more, more low-profile guys who have been effective collegiate running backs? Let's circle back on that because I I don't feel like me like the amount of tape I've I've watched on them, I can give an appropriate answer to that. So I'm not gonna okay. knock them. I'm not gonna toot their horn, but keep an eye. So, keep an eye. If I'll you start hearing eye. if you start hearing Cody Schrader and Dylan Lobb this week, Eric, you, you know who sent you. Um, another guy who's actually kind of been rising up ranks. I know our uh, <laughs> our guy. Uh, uh, Thor Nystrom over there at Fantasy Pros. He's all over this guy, Kamini Vidal out of Troy. He's kind of like a bowling ball um, that likes to truck fuckers. It is kind of like the best way when you put on the tape what it looks like. And uh, led Troy to their first Sun Belt title in a minute here. Put them back on the map. And then there's Isaiah Davis as well out of South Dakota State. Another small school guy here. Uh, Probably a day three guy. Solid runner. 
1500 yards this past past year but kind of just you know i I think he's a end of a roster type of guy and then uh rounding out this tier it's rasheen ali who i think is like really when you think about everything that's happened in this guy's career he's probably headed to the xfl or the ufl whatever that league is um didn't even play in 2022 kind of just went off the radar so eric when, when you look at vidal davis ali is there any one of those guys like Oh yeah, maybe if they have a good week, they could move up the my uh, my dynasty running back rankings and maybe come at the end of like a, a fourth, fifth round uh, pick. Yeah, it would it would be it would be Vidal for me, right? Uh, bowling ball or verbatim the words I have written next to his name, um, and and that's that's kind of the thing, right? Like the way that he plays, he makes people miss, he breaks tackles, like he just completely flattens guys. That type of stuff gets people's attention it makes its way onto highlight reels and then once you're on the radar like anything can happen with your draft stock so i i think the way that he runs like really sets up nicely to potentially improve his draft capital and if his draft capital goes up then obviously he's going to inch closer and closer to the fantasy radar do you see him any potential he gets into day two or do you think he's he's firmly in that round four five or six yeah, and i've got him as day three Okay, day three. And, and yeah, okay. So I don't think we should be paying too much attention to the running back position, is kind of what you guys are telling me outside of maybe these top four or five guys this week. They're probably not going to be the real difference makers um, here when we get to the fancy football season. So um, I appreciate that. Eric, thanks for joining us. I know you have to hop over to uh, Green Screens Media, cash some college basketball tickets on the evening. So thank you for joining us, our friend. And uh, we'll catch you soon, man. Yeah, buddy. All right. Take take care, buddy. We appreciate, we love you. Um, Hoove, let's, let's talk some senior bowl wide receiver rankings here and pumped up about this because I think we actually have a really good class coming here uh, in mobile this week. And Xavier Leggett, he's going to be the first guy in my rankings. Uh, He's coming from South Carolina, big guy, 6'3", 227. And he's someone the combine's really going to affect Hoove. Is he the DK Metcalf type? Is he that athletic freak that we think he could be? Or is he more of a Traylon Burks, just kind of a bigger guy, not as athletic? And then the other guy in this top tier for me is Lad McConkey out of Georgia. Um, he's kind of the technician of, of this group to me. I think he could honestly be the biggest difference maker in year one. Um, we, I don't need to see as much of his testing because he is such a, a great pure route runner. So I, I think he could come in and be someone's flanker or be someone's slot receiver and and honestly be a difference maker. Do you like McConkey at all? Do you like Leggett? Do you think they have anything to lose or gain here down in Alabama this weekend? Um, no, I think that Xavier Leggett and, and McConkey, they're kind of around where you know they're going to go. I think that they're day two guys. Um, they're pretty solidified day two. Like maybe if they have a bad day, they'd slide to the day three, but a good day isn't going to knock them over who's already in the, who's already in that tier ahead of them. Um, I think honestly, one name I'd probably have above Xavier Leggett. And as my one would be uh, Devontae Walker. Oh, I, oh. And okay. just because Xavier Leggett, I liked his tape. And then I realized how he's not as tall as, as, as what he, he's projected to be or what he's proclaimed to be. So uh, I'm just not, I don't know. He's a smaller DK Metcalf is replaceable. You know, that's just a guy. DK Metcalf is DK Metcalf because he's big and muscular, not because he's muscular. Everyone's muscular, you know. So I'm I don't know I I'm not a big fan at this point. He could he could wow me, uh, but Lad McConkey like 
yeah, it's fun to make jokes and it's comps and say, ah, he, he, yeah, he's Cooper Cup, but I think he's more like Hunter Renfro just because, like, just like Cooper Cup, he's a great route runner, but like him, ooh, like ooh. Hunter Renfro and Keenan Allen are like, in my mind, at one point, like the best route runners in the league. Like Devontae Adams was up there, but like he is a great route runner. And just whatever comp you want to throw out there with a great route runner, Lad McConkey's that guy. And teams are going to really like him. Like, I don't know if he really has first grade talent, but opportunity wise, a team could really be like looking for a guy like Lad McConkey. Could you see him get into round round two or three? Could you see him going on Friday? He'll go two. He'll go in the second round, 100%. I'm, okay. He's the only one, Led McConkey's the only one I think that actually could sneak into the first round and go to a team like the Bills. Is Leggett, is Leggett still a day two pick for you, probably second, third round? Yeah, I got I got Walker as a day two. I got Leggett as a day two, could slide to day three. Uh, McConkey as day two, could could go to day one. Uh, rest of the guys, like, I, I don't know. I think Johnny. I think Johnny. Johnny Wilson might move up draft boards too. I think you're a little low on him. Let, yeah, let's talk about a couple of these guys because because it's a very interesting class. You like Devontae Walker. I actually am I'm way lower than consensus on him here. I am five just coming to the Senior Bowl. Some people have him as their wide receiver five in this class overall. Yeah, it's tough. Guy who I, I've watched just because he's been an interesting story, he had some NCA uh, violations or, you know, was suspended for, for some, you know, for some of the uh, of the season because of some of those uh, issues ended up getting back on the field. And I, I think he's solid. I think he's a very solid wide receiver, but he never stuck out to me as a complete wide receiver. It still felt very, very raw. And a guy like, I, I don't know what's going on uh, really off the field, on the field with him a little bit as well. So I didn't like Walker when I looked at it. Still pretty early in my process, but I think I will be a little bit lower than consensus on him. I actually like Roman Wilson a little bit more, who like this guy, he, when you need a catch, Roman Wilson was there for J.J. McCarthy down the stretch. When you needed a catch... Roman Wilson was there more times than not this season. And we're hearing out of mobile already from day one of the senior bowl practices that he's faster than we thought he could run a sub four, four. I think Roman Wilson coming from a winning culture in Jim Harbaugh, you know, he's coachable to me. He's my wide receiver three and I don't feel bad about it. You didn't even mention him. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what what's going on there. You can convince me. You can, you can probably convince me that Roman over Xavier. So oh, I could probably, I'm not saying I could, that. I'm not saying that, but you know, definitely. No, over, I could say that. Walker. I could say that. Just because, what? like, like a guy like Walker, he has the talent, but it comes down to like what culture he goes to, and what program he goes to, and what head coach he goes to. So, like, the like Roman Wilson could be who you're linking Devontae Walker is in this draft you know mm-hmm. so i don't know um or, sorry just, roman wilson yeah roman wilson could be that that guy so i don't know some other uh wide receivers here t- to watch during the senior bowl for me jamari thrash out of louisville this is just another good route runner he's a, about a six foot guy you would expect him to be a little bit faster being smaller in nature but he's really not um but just a very overall good wide receiver um th- that was there down in louisville this season and then the one name I, I think we all need to pay attention to heading into the draft here, Hoove, um, especially on, on a dynasty radar, is 
Malachi Cor- Corley out of Western Kentucky. This guy is known as the Yak King. He's an athletic freak. Uh, used to play defense, now plays offense. He can do a little bit of everything. He is very explosive down there in Western Kentucky. Reminds me a lot of a Jaden Reed type, someone who could come in and, and play some different roles for a team that need a little bit of juice. So I like Corley a lot out of Western Kentucky. I am six on my rankings, and I, there's a good chance that by the end of this week, he is at least in my top four, potentially even in my top three. That's how much I like him. Um, I'm excited to see him down here in mobile this week. I I don't. I'll watch more tape on him. I don't. I haven't watched a ton of tape on him, so that's why I didn't really mention him. But the only reason why is because when we're at this point with the wide receiver tier, I believe that every wide receiver is talented enough to be in an NFL roster, but I don't know if they're necessarily talented enough to be drafted. Like yeah. I don't know if he'll. Yeah. I don't know if he'll go undrafted, but. Like a six-round draft pick, are we like really gonna be drafting them in fantasy? We I, might pick them up on waivers eventually during the season, so keep your eye on them. But um, hey, hey, like, Pukanuku like, came from the fifth round, and I think Corley's gonna potentially push to be a day two pick as well. So I, you're right. Also, I, I stand on that. But but Jacob Cowing, Arizona, he was number seven for me. He's kind of a burner. Who's probably a day three pick? You like Johnny Wilson, Florida State. It's hard not to like Johnny Wilson when you're getting a 6'7", 237 pound guy. Like the dude is fucking massive, but we haven't seen a guy like that work in the NFL in a long time. So um, he's intriguing for sure. Like, uh, oh man, Justin Shorter out of uh, Florida last year. Do you remember Justin Shorter? He was taken by the Bills and kind of just an end of uh, end of bench guy that people were grabbing, throwing on the on their dynasty uh, taxi squad last year. Kind of reminds me of that guy. Probably won't pop, but uh, I remember talking about him heading to the senior bowl last year as well. Yeah. That name doesn't ring a bell. So <laughs> we got Tyler in the chat. Got What's Tyler. up ballers loving the draft content. Uh, last two wide receivers to mention here, kind of just downfield threats. I don't know if you have any thoughts on them yet. Uh, didn't even make the graphic or the, uh, the, the uh, uh, header down below us, but uh, Luke McCaffrey out of rice, another downfield wide receiver, also good in short yardage. I kind of liked where I saw uh, on limited tape from him. And then Javon Baker, uh, another deep play burner type of guy, kind of been getting a lot of looks and moving up some people's dynasty rankings. So just some names to mention there. A- anything stick out to you with those uh, last couple other than your uh, b- big behemoth, Johnny? Not necessarily. Like I said, like I think that these <laughs> guys will all be rostered, but I'll d- I'll do more tape to see if they can stand yeah. out. But we're at the point where like wide receiver nine, ten outside of that range like yeah there's and 15 there's 15 wide excuse me there's 15 nfl wide receivers in this draft but are they all draftable like like in the draft they'll all be picked up like you'll see the names like uh, oh who's that guy from the chiefs justin ross like a guy like justin ross everyone was like oh is justin ross gonna get drafted he goes undrafted signs immediately and everyone's like oh they got the best pick of the draft and they didn't even like have to pick them. There could be opportunities like that where they just prioritize other positions because it's like, okay, well, if he didn't stand out from 12 other receivers, shouldn't we get the guy, the guard that stood out after four of them? You know, so I don't Justin know. Ross has been the biggest like r- waste of a roster spot in dynasty fantasy football for the last oh, two yeah. years. Guy, guy can't stay on the field, can't stay out of trouble. Finally gets an opportunity to be with with the active roster this season and blows it. So 
yeah, I, man, I, I hope there's better promise from some of these guys than there, than there is Justin Ross. I think potentially like one of these guys could be like a Devonte Wicks. You know what I mean? That's kind of Wicks profiled a lot like these guys who've as kind of a burner downfield stretcher. And usually only about one of those hit per draft. You get a lot of Anthony Schwartz's and a lot of Andy Isabella's guys who don't really do anything. Um, and and I, I think maybe one of these guys hits. Maybe it's a Johnny Wilson. Maybe it's McCaffrey. They're two of my favorite of these deep threats down the line. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about them more after the draft or potentially leading up to it. Let's round it out here with our tight end rankings, though, heading into Senior Bowl. And some of the premier tight ends, the two top ones you're not going to be seeing here at the Senior Bowl down in Alabama this week. But we do have Jaheim Bell out of Florida State. He is my tight end one heading into this game uh, out of the players active in this contest. And he's a guy I think we're going to want for Fantasy Hoof. Plays in the slot, can play H-back a little bit, maneuvers around a lot, very athletic guy. Kind of reminds me of kind of a hybrid of a David Njoku mixed with like a Tucker Craft, kind of a do-it-all guy, isn't afraid to get down and dirty, um, but also has some athletic upside. So I like Jaheim Bell and Ben Sinnott are kind of in this top tight end tier. Ben Sinnott coming from Kansas State. I have Kansas on the graphic. Apologize about that. That was terrible. Um, he's a guy who kind of reminds me of the other Packers tight end, though, who uh, kind of reminds me of Luke Musgrave, big athletic guy. Um, and great at high pointing the ball. Like that's kind of what, what Luke Musgrave was known as coming in here last season. My only issue is is that it's not like there's an opening for tight ends, like starting tight ends in the league right now. So these guys, like I don't I don't you I think, don't see you think them they'll be pushed out. down too. You think they'll uh, be put Yeah, there's gonna be star tight ends that come come and take those openings like there's young tight ends that are good tight ends for a long time, and they're going to be around for a long time. Um, so are, maybe maybe one of these guys is the next, like Luke Musgrave, and he stands out, and he's like that guy for the Packers. But I don't know. Like, do they remind you more tape. of like Darnell Washington? That's that, what I was no? literally going to say, and I'm like, I'm not going to say that because now he's going to pop off because Arthur Smith's there, so I can't even say Darnell Washington. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I didn't even think about Darnell. Yeah, Darnell Washington definitely going to hot take for 2024. Who write it down. Darnell Washington outproduces Pat Fryermuth because uh, Arthur Smith's there. It's going to be a Kyle Pitts, John Usich. I'll say that Pat gets like five touchdowns and and like Darnell gets like four. It's like really close. Yeah. Pat barely beats him. I could see him like on his fingertips. Absolutely. absolutely. I had had Darnell as like a Jermichael Finley comp. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. We don't know really clearly who is the tight end three in this class. Some people do think it's Bell. Some think it's Sinnott. I've seen other people say A.J. Barner out of Michigan is their favorite tight end actually at the Senior Bowl. He's kind yes, of a, a, a do-well-everything type of tight end here. Uh, 6'6", more of a red zone threat to me. Kind of reminds me of Dawson Knox when you look at his tape. I don't think he's going to be a, a downfield field stretcher like we've seen from some of these rookie tight ends like Laporta and Kincaid this year. Um, but I think A.J. Barner, uh, he's number three for me and my tight end. So I like him as well. Um but, but again, I, I think he's more of a, definitely a day two guy. I think Bell's a day two guy. And I think at boat at best, you're drafting these these top three tight ends. Somewhere, if it's maybe a tight end premium dynasty rookie draft, maybe round four or five turn, maybe. And potentially even guys are getting off free agency if you don't go into five rounds. Um, 
Two other names just to throw out there who've Theo Johnson out of Penn State. Hard to tell what he is. We know Penn State tight ends uh, until Bretton Strange came out and was just a disaster for the Jaguars all year. Uh, Penn State tight ends have been good in the league. So Theo Johnson has good hands, steady route runner, good kid, um, but never used right in that Matt Yurich system there uh, over there in Happy Valley. So I'm a little lower on Theo Johnson than I am most Penn State tight ends. And then there's Jared Wiley, who was initially blocked at Texas by Jadavion Sanders, the tight end two in this class, transferred out, uh, went over there to uh, TCU and went on that magical run with that, that, that team. But still, I think he's a seventh rounder, sixth rounder guy. I don't think he moves the needle. Maybe Theo's a day two guy just because Penn State. Yeah, like I said, like I just don't see it. Like Barner, because we've se- I've seen more tape of him with watching more Michigan games with them being more televised. Like, yeah, I I I could see him being utilized. Maybe he goes to the Chargers. You know. Um, oh, that wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be I bad. I could see that. You know, going with this old coach. So. um yeah, there's something really about this class that really stands out. And actually, it's kind of funny. Me and Ronnie, Ronnie Evans, not to name drop, but we we were like talking about this the other other day and how this I think this tight end class is weak. And he's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, at this point, you should know. You should know. Like the senior bowl shouldn't change your mind about how good the tight end class is. You say that, you say that, but Luke Musgrave had a great performance last year at the Senior Bowl and definitely moved up uh, along with Tucker Craft. He had a sensational postseason run there that that he really went on a run and he really shot up boards there and then at the combine as well. So I could see one or, one or two of these guys popping. Um, again, I think it's more likely it's a Barner, or a Bell that, than it is a Theo or a or a, a Jared Wiley. But you never know. I, I, I think it could be. Uh, I think it could be interesting to see one of these guys pop off. But it's kind of throwing a dart. You know what I mean? You're kind of throwing darts here, really. More in the sense of like your top five shouldn't adjust because of the Senior Bowl in any position. And if it does, it's a weak position, and that means it's a replaceable position in upcoming draft classes. So like the fact that any of these tight ends could be a top five tight end means they're replaceable next year and that they'll, that someone, someone else was going to come in. So I don't know. I just don't see it. Okay. All right. Fair enough there. Um, yeah, that pretty much does it there for the senior bowl. Any final thoughts uh, down there in Mo- mobile here uh, this week? Who the only thing I can really say is like, if you guys want great content daily about this, about the senior bowl coverage, we don't have it here at IBT, but over there at fantasy pros, I'm a part of their writing and their editorial staff over there. And they got a, a good group down there of some great experts. So I'd be checking over there at the fantasy pros website, um, fantasypros.com, following their Twitter, their YouTube. I think, I think they'll have some great content on it. Um, anything, any final thoughts from you who on senior bowl? I think that I got, I got to go next year. I mean, it makes sense because I'm going to the draft next year and uh, the year after that, it's in Green Bay. So if I wanted to go to the draft, I just had to drive up so I can go to that one. I go to the combine, too, and use that money that I'd save to go somewhere else for the draft. So I think I got to go. We got to get some media credentials and we got to get IBT represented. I don't want to hear that next year. We don't got content for these beautiful, beautiful people. Yeah, so. the draft starts in mobile. So I, I I think we'll definitely have to take a swing potentially down there and see what's going on down there uh, in the great state of Alabama. But excited for this, man. And 
I know you said it really doesn't affect your rankings much. It, it honestly will maneuver my rankings, especially for these day two and day three guys um, th- that we don't have set in stone right now. There's a lot of guys that, that we saw at some of these games. Puka Nakua, I can't remember if he was at Senior Bowl or East, East West Shrine Bowl, but I know he shot up a lot of people's rankings this time last year. Tank Dell was at the Shrine Bowl last year. He shot up people's rankings after that performance. So keep in mind, sometimes you are going to get uh, you are going to get some performances that that we we see some some big big performances from guys who go on to to do not that much. Holton Aylers, I think he was the MVP of last year's uh, East West Shrine Bowl hoove, and uh, I'm pretty sure maybe he's on a practice squad with Seattle still, but didn't really get a lot of NFL looks. So something to I keep will in mind. Say, I will say there is one person that did I got some love for because he's he got drafted uh, from UW Whitewater, Quinn Miners. Uh, guard okay. tackle, guard tackle for the Broncos. He's out of UW Whitewater, and that's like 15 minutes from where I'm at. And I've got in contact with him. He shouted out Hoof Tube in a video that he sent to me, and uh, he still is a starter today. And so he like really showed out at the Senior Bowl, and that was where he kind of did the Zeke thing, and he showed his belly, and it was belly of the beast. And I have his sweatshirt right back here. You can't see oh, it yeah. right now, but yeah, I just if we're gonna talk Senior Bowl, I gotta give love to yeah. Quinn. And uh, shout out Quinn and shout out, shout out Quinn. All right, let's uh, let's round out rave rookie reviews with something that I, I thought was kind of timely. We, we usually like to do a little lifestyle, a little entertainment in this section, uh, talk a little fantasy and, and then bring it back to the entertainment side of things as we do have a lot of entertainment content on our site as well. And I want to talk about TV shows that still hold up that can help get us to the spring. And right now I'm kind of in that point where NASCAR is about to take back off. But football is about to end, so I will have a little bit more free time. I'm not watching things on Monday night and Thursday night a lot of the time other than than content and kind of uh, our own content, other people in the industry hoop. With that being said, um, I am starting to kind of get into some TV shows, trying to see what's good out there. I know you're a guy of pop culture. I know you like a, a, a bunch of different shows out there. So what can you recommend to the IBT family that they get listening to to get us through to the spring and the good weather? So I just wanted to make sure that I got the new one in. So you got the new one in. Right? Yes. Yes. All right. Beautiful. So if you on Wednesday nights are available, like I am, I, I make sure that I have Wednesday nights cleared because a show that my girlfriend and I, we love very, very much. We've been watching it for a very long time. MTV's the challenge. Go ahead and pull that up. Um, I mean, if you're going to watch reruns, go ahead and watch New Girl. It's one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. You'll just laugh for hours and hours. Yeah, me, and, yeah. me and Heidi can watch that show for, for days, you know, and just laugh and at Schmidt and Cece's relationship because that's us. But um, but the challenge is just so – it's so great. It, it's uh, the real world. If you remember the real world on yeah, TV, yeah. it just kind of evolved into its own thing, and it's like Survivor. Like my parents – like watch survivor when i was a kid yeah and so too. it's like it's pretty much like that like it's like the buzz of survivor like like celebrities like drake watch it and i think i want to say rihanna watches it too there's a few because like i remember they were talking about on the podcast um they have the, the challenge podcast too and uh, they were talking about how like all of a sudden these guys these uh these celebrities just started following them because they were watching the challenge and it, it's so good. It just brings out the, the most competitive, the, the most competitiveness in people. Like I just love the chaos and the drama and TJ Lavin. If you know, TJ Lavin is a uh, former BMX writer. He's the host and just, it's such a great show. Just start to finish all the seasons. I love it. 
it swerves you. So we, we got Dave saying in the chat, I used to watch Survivor like 15 year go, years ago. Years ago, I did too, Dave. Actually, uh, pretty much up until I went to college, I, I I watched more seasons than not of Survivor. I loved it. Um, but yeah, it's so hard to kind of stay committed and have that like open availability. I also used to like Big Brother, who um, I, I think, yeah. which is kind of a similar show. Um, but Big Brother, the, the the thing with that is like that was like three episodes a week. So when I got into to content creation, I was like, yeah, I, I can't watch that anymore. It was a fun, fun, fun ride. Uh, Tyler saying, I still watch Survivor. Tyler, do you either like, can you a bet? You probably can't, but can you bet on Survivor? And I know there are like Survivor fantasy leagues. Do you do any of those? I'd be curious about that because sometime maybe like a spring one, maybe I could get invested in. That sounds fun. I wanted to add that challenge now actually has it started with real world, but now big brother people come go on there. Now that you brought it up, uh, like there's like so many people from big brother. It's kind of an inside joke. It's like big brother sucks and you can't say that on the show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like all the MTV shows that you see, like, Are Oh, you, you say big brother sucks. People... Get out of here. No, it's an inside joke. It's like, okay. Were you, did you watch when Josh was on? No, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He someone said it to him to piss him off, and it really got to him. And he was like, okay. gonna get in a fight because someone said Big Brother sucks, and oh, just okay. to get under his skin, like Team uh, Devin all, all day. Tyler saying, Y'all are missing out. The game of Survivor has evolved so much. Actually, played Fantasy Survivor this year. That's cool, man. I, I would honestly be interested in, in learning more about that and potentially playing it maybe in another year or two and things slow down a little bit, but. That's cool People to see the survivor games. on the challenge too. Yeah, that, that that's really cool to, to hear that, that that's evolved a little bit because because that, that was a cool program. Uh, we got Dave saying Jersey Shore was big for me. Yeah, man, sure. Jersey Shore. I can remember peak Jersey Shore, dude. We would go to my friend's house. We were in like middle school, and it'd be like cold as fuck out. And we would just run Jersey Shore, like kind of in the background most of the time. Maybe we were playing Xbox or maybe we were doing something else, sticking around their house, but. Yeah, I just remember I fucking love Jersey Shore like way before I should have been watching any of that. You know what I mean, Hoob? I'm sure you're the same way. Like that was Cavs not. Hit. <laughs> yeah, Cavs are hit. Cavs are hit. Jim Tan and Laundry Baby. Yeah, no, that, that, that's good stuff there. Um, I would say a show that I just started watching the other night again that I think still holds up as well. Um, Lost. Shout out Lost. This was another show I kind of watched as a kid. I my parents would watch it. I'd be in the living room. I'd see it kind of followed along with it a little bit and man that still holds up a little bit of a you know psychological thriller a little mystery action going on there i i thought that was a pretty good program move you, you seen lost at all and and do you think it still holds up i've seen a few episodes I, I really couldn't get into it like that like um my favorite like suspense tv show of all time is mind hunter have you ever okay. seen that one great no but one. i've heard great things is yes. that a netflix program as well Yes, but I think it's okay. it might be going off of Netflix pretty soon. So okay. it might be on something else now. I might be, I might be wrong on that, but I wouldn't hold me to that. But that's a that's one um that kind of like is in the same realm of like lost. It just like it messes with you because you're like you think about it a little too much. Yeah, yeah. We we got Tyler saying OG lost John Locke for the win. Yeah, he was weird in that first episode, Tyler. We watched that the other night. I was like, oh yeah, he He's kind of weird in that, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dave's saying that Jersey Shore was high school for him, perfect era uh, to go nuts with it. Yeah, man, Jersey Shore took over. Black Mirror, I, my little brother likes this show. He showed me I something. I was like, no, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. That takes me for a fucking, 
you've seen that hoop you've seen black mirror a little bit i'm good i'm good my co-worker described an episode to me and i was like i'm good why would you I'm do good. that? Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you make yourself uncomfortable like that? No, I'm good. I, I like happy it. shows. I like genuinely like I Heidi and I like don't agree on this. I'll I'll share this. We don't see eye to eye because she likes movies that like you know like affect your feelings and like make you cry and like yeah. I I like things that make me happy. I would I will genuinely like watch stand up and animated movies all the time and like. <laughs> I don't care. I I want to feel happy. I don't I don't want to be I feel sad. You. I feel you know. You. I don't want to be bummed out. I don't want to hear about people murdering people. Like that's not me. I don't want to hear about it. So like I don't need that energy. No, nah, I feel you. I like some suspense and some thrillers sometimes, but you know, mix it in. Um, but all right, let's go ahead. Let's round out the program uh, with a little bit of from the forum. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do here in between. We got advice for you back and forth all day trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. All right, from the forum, fantasyfootballadvice.com. I got to say shout out to the people over there at the Fantasy Football Advice Network for powering this segment, even in the off season here. It's been so great to connect with so many players and creators over at this network, man. It's combining different apps like Patreon for us creators, Discord, Facebook, Instagram, we're about to start up our our, uh, our fantasy football community over there, Hoove, where everyone can kind of hang out with us throughout the day. We can react to different news going on, um, post post some content if we want over there as well. So um, the Fantasy Football Advice Network, they've been a huge supporter of what we've been doing. I know you've been on there here this last week, interacting and meeting a bunch of other people in the fantasy football community for the first time as well. Yeah, my first week on the app, it's been it's been different. You know, I've engaged in a few different like uh, fantasy football sports apps before. And this one's like it's very different, um, but also similar at the same time. And I know people if you want to clip it and you want to share this with the people. I know it's it's intimidating downloading a new app and trying something new. But I yeah, to me, it was very it was very beneficial. And that's not even like just like a selling point at all. It to me, it's like you know that everyone that you post on there, they're actually there for a reason. Like they're going through the process because they want fantasy help. They want to talk about sports. They're not just here for entertainment or to like any ill intention. It's for good reasonings. And I, I love that that's the audience and that you can kind of feel that already with what they're, with what they're building over there. And so like, it's more, you feel more motivated to want to put out content and more ask more questions. And so the more people that we bring on, the better it's going to be. And so like, I'm just super excited to see like what this all becomes and who all joins. It's a free free platform to join as well. I think that's one of the coolest things you can get over there. Fancyfootballadvice.com. You can, you can join, you can check out all the discussion. You can join our group as well. We're going to have a group that you guys can join, come out and hang out with us during the day. Um, and then eventually if you guys want to upgrade to a premium account, then you get access to things like brands. Uh, you can, you can post your own merch on there to sell a bunch of different stuff that, you know, you, you kind of have to pay for all these expensive memberships on other apps. It's a really cheap price over there at fancy football advice network. It's like less than a coffee is, you know what I mean? 
don't go to Starbucks once per month or, you know, even half the time, you, you know, and, and you, you can have fancy football advice network. So shout out to them and everything they're doing over there. Um, looks most like importantly, we have some- it's, it's ran by good people and like you yes. want to support good people. And that's just a big point right now is like you want to support good people. And I promise you biggest vouch for me that you are, it's going to a good person. It's going to a good cause because I love what they're doing. I love what they're creating. So go ahead, support fancy football advice network. Yeah, there's a lot of fuckets out on the internet. Let's be honest. We're seeing it left and right in the fantasy football community all the time. There's a lot of fuckets, and there's no fuckets over there. And that is sometimes so refreshing because sometimes I just hate getting on Twitter because I see so much fuckets. So it's nice to see like just fantasy football discussion. And we love lifestyle discussion. We love other sports. That's part of our brand. But at the same time, when you want just straight fantasy football information, it's easier for me to go post over there on the fantasy football advice network than Twitter, just to get some real, you know, honest feedback from, from people who are in the trenches every single fucking day like us. So yeah. um, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's very heartwarming to actually like be a part of something that's like, you know, that's going, it's go you're it's worthwhile. You know, that sometimes you make yeah. content and you feel like it's just kind of getting lost, but you know, when you're on there, that it's like, I know yeah. people are listening. So, you're yeah. heard. You're heard there. We, Good vibes. We got uh we got Dave and uh Didi and Tyler Lane weighing in on the, the, the movie discussion still. Didi saying Black Mirror and Lost is so good. I'm with you on Lost. Black Mirror, not so much, Didi. Um we got we got Dave saying psychologically stimulating and intellectually challenging that was tough to say, but I I appreciate that, Dave. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to describe it. Um Tyler saying my wife loves happy shows. We are literally watching office reruns right now while watching the show. No, dude, I office is like that show. If you just need fucking, if you just need good fucking times, you got to check out the office and like, just, I, I, have that's one. I don't, I haven't watched a lot of series through Hoove. I kind of get bored. I'm one of those guys. I have to be really hooked to get all the way through. I've watched the office through once and I would do it again because the vibes are immaculate over there in Scranton. I watched I watched The Office through. Um, I tried getting into The Office when I was younger, and I I watched like the first two seasons, and those are the slow seasons. Now that I've, yep. I've watched yep. it, so now I know. And I was like, I don't know, but I watched it. I binge watched it, and it was awesome. But I'm also a binge watcher. Like, I wanted to make sure I watched the final episode of Game of Thrones with everyone else, so I binge watched it for like the three weeks beforehand. And I I made sure the I was series? the whole series. Oh my god! I see. I'm not. I I can do one or two episodes, and I'm I'm good for the night. I'm I'm good. You know, I'll, I'll go I'll go do some something creative. I can't. I'm, I but can't you know me. Still. I'll go to the yeah. movie theater. I'll get my popcorn. I'll come home. I'll watch Game of Thrones. You know, <laughs> chill with the dogs. You're That's the my only, night. I I like it. I I need to go to the movie theater just for popcorn. Although, the the nearest movie theater would be like 25 minutes away. So I'm not just gonna go and get popcorn. You know. Heidi and I did go to the movies this weekend. So if anyone is going out to see a movie while we got the topic up um, or TV shows that get you to the spring, if anyone wants to go see anyone but you, I saw it this weekend with Heidi and it was very, very good. Um, Yeah, it was like a a sweet rom-com. I wanted to kind of get out of the house, make sure I was prioritizing date night, you know, with like, like football season coming to a close and, you know, like Sunday being all about Chiefs and Niners trying to get to the Super Bowl. So (laughs) Saturday was let's go to the movies, baby. Girl, so, yeah, yeah. So go. she picked it, and actually, like I thought, I'd end up passing out, and I stayed through it the whole time. So I slept, I it. stayed awake the whole time. 
Love it. Dee Dee saying she's a huge binge watcher too. It depends what I'm watching. If I get sucked in for sure. Um, all right, let's get to this question here from our gal Amber. What are you taking at the 107? Who are you taking at the 107 in Dynasty rookie drafts from Amber FFAN over there on the Fantasy Football Advice Network? This is really interesting, who because in a Dynasty rookie draft. Let's assume this is super flex. You're likely going to see at least three quarterbacks go off the board for, for uh, before this pick. Jaden Daniels, Drake May, and also Caleb Williams, likely the 101. And I, you're probably, in my opinion, going to see three wide receivers as well. Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. towards the top of the draft. So if you're in this 107, you're kind of in the nook. You're kind of in that tier break that we thought last season as well. Where are you turning to? Are you reaching for someone? Is there someone in consensus you're going after? Uh, we just actually had a clip on him this weekend. I, I commented back in the advice forum, and I talked about you're probably going to have to go quarterback value at this point just because we don't know like how how big teams are on guys like Bo Nix or Michael Penix or J.J. McCarthy. Um Personally, I think JJ McCarthy will get drafted before Bo Nix and, and Michael Penix. I do too. I do too. I'm I'm, I'm with you just, on that. Just the age. I think that he's the prime spot that he, if he, if I think he's going to go to the Broncos at 12. Oh, I sneak, hope not. I hope little, not. little sneak preview for the Hooves mock draft 2.0 coming soon next week to IBT yeah. website. But um, I think that it's between JJ McCarthy right there for quarterback value. But we also know like, how the Broncos are set up right now. They're rebuilding. So I think I'm going to change that and go with some we talked about this week. My Wisconsin badges running back. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go no. full send as the RB one of the draft. I'm going Braylon Allen because running back value. If anyone's going to be a guy out of this draft, it's Braylon Allen. So when you're looking at, all right, I have Marvin 101. I have Marvin going over Caleb. I don't care what it is. I'm just taking it because Marvin Harrison Jr., if he's a Jefferson Chase Marvin, if that's it, still worth it every time, every time. If let's say Caleb Williams was Trevor Lawrence and you had Jeff Justin Jefferson and Trevor Lawrence in a draft, you take Justin Jefferson 101. So that's kind of my mindset. Mm -hmm. So Marvin, Caleb, May, Daniels, Neighbors, I could probably honestly justify going to neighbors over May and Daniels, Odunze, and then like you said, like that's the top seven, top six right top there. Six. Top six. Yeah, top six. So it's honestly you like Bo Nix rushing upside and he lands in a good spot, go with Bo Nix. You like JJ McCarthy where he lands, go with JJ McCarthy for the quarterback value at the young age. If you like our win now and you think that you're running back away, you go Braylon Allen, baby. I, th I don't think Braylon Allen's the hottest take because like there there is a chance like if you are drafting to this point, you don't have a ton of information to go off of. And there is a chance like we talked about it last week. Could he go to the Cowboys? Then he would be like a fourth or fifth round rookie pick or uh, redraft pick. So and easily catapult himself up into the first round of dynasty rookie drafts as well. The pick for me, though, at the 107, it's Brock Bowers, who like I think to me, like you're getting the potential he's going to come in for me and probably be my tight end two or three right away. Like uh, as far as dynasty rankings go, uh, Laporta will be ahead. 
Um, depending what we kind of hear from Kelsey, if he's going to give it like two more years, I'd probably still put Kelsey ahead of him. But I think after that, it's probably Brock Bowers um, for, for me. And like, man, you, you talk about a generational tight end who broke out during his freshman campaign with the best freshman campaign we've ever seen. If there's someone who can also continue to buck this trend that rookie tight ends can't do it, it is Brock Bowers. So I like Brock Bowers a lot. I don't know about the landing spot. I don't know. Maybe you got a little hoove uh, mock draft uh, preview for us about where Brock will land, but I don't know the landing spot. But like, could you imagine Brock Bowers out in Los Angeles Chargers? Like, like that that would be probably like that would be the best. You know what I mean? That would probably be like the best case scenario. I don't think that will happen. Um, but I love Brock Bowers, man. What can I say? Like, I, I think this is the guy. I think this is the fucking guy. Hypothetically, let's just say Brock Bowers slid out of the top 10 because of the top amount of talent. Okay. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. And then you start seeing some teams right there that necessarily don't need top tight ends. They need to prioritize other spots. And then you see at 15, you see Seth's Indianapolis Colts sitting there looking for a tight end. What what about that? What do you think about Anthony Richardson or Brock Bowers? I think it sounds electric and it sounds fun. I that I, sounds I, sexy, man. But Come on, it, it, it sounds awesome. But maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do have a little bit of questions. How many targets a Shane Steichen offense can't? It's a pretty concentrated offense, so I do. Where I, he would probably become part of that concentration, but we saw Pittman just get such a large target share. Um, and Josh Downs down the stretch as well. I, I'd be maybe a little concerned, and we still don't you know. Love Molly Cox. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no good tight end there in in Indy. You know, they're all kind of just guys right now. They're, they're Mo Alley Cox. They're oh man, I have a bunch of them. Stat Kyle Branson. I got Branson on a couple. Right. And and, and then there's even uh, the, the one guy that popped off in the middle of the season. I can't remember his name. So out there, but, but yeah. Like, I, think about it with the Colts. Like, who? What else do they really need right now? They need a tight end more. So if Brock Bauer slides, keep yeah. your eyes on, on yeah. the Colts to grab Yeah, him. Yeah, but love the question here from Amber. Um, I, I'm not opposed to Hoove going a quarterback here. I think Braylon Allen's in the discussion. If you want to reach, there is that like next group of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got Toronto Dave saying Ogletree. Yeah, it's the other tight end for the Colts I have on a couple fucking squads. Um, no, I, I, I appreciate that, Hoove. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think really, Hoove, it, it's interesting because you could go with another one of these wide receivers, a Troy Franklin, um, a Keon Coleman, someone in that range. They're viable. Like the 107, the, if you have it right now and you're drafting before the NFL draft, like the world is your oyster. You could go Bowers. You could go with an advantage at the tight end. You could lock down a potential franchise quarterback and a McCarthy. Uh, you know, or, or you get wild, you roll the dice with, with one of these wide receivers or a Braylon Allen, uh, Toronto Dave St. Xavier, where are the, I, I'm not, I will on. say, or Brian Thomas Jr. He's around there too. Or Donnie um, Mitchell's even not too far from there too. Yeah. Um, I will say that one of my favorite moves I've ever done, or at least a move that helped me this season, I would say is, uh, I had the one Oh six last year. And the guy from the 107 was willing to trade me the 107 to swap. He gave me he gave me Christian Watson just to move up. So it's Christian Watson. Wow. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, Christian yeah. Watson on top of the 107. And I got Jordan Addison. He got JSN. So is Jordan Addison and Christian Watson JSN? Like, I, I like that side just from where my team's at and they need yeah. more wide receivers. So I liked it. And I think that that's a prime spot. Uh, like, if a team's willing to move up to get, grab their guy that they think is, like, generational, offer, like, take that. If you're, like, you like a three like three guys right there. But at the same time, if you are that, if you think there is someone generational there, stay packed or do what you can to move up. I remember last year I was at the 107 hoop and I made the move up to the 106 to get CJ Stroud. He slid and I grabbed him. I think maybe I threw in. It was not anything great. Maybe it was a fourth round pick um, that I threw in with him. But so I guess, you know, I could have landed someone generational there too with Puka. But um, yeah, but also like I, I should add too is that you got to be smart about it because if you move back two picks, your pick might not be there. Like I was thinking Jordan Addison, when he sent me that trade, I'm like, all right, I can move back to Jordan Addison. I'm cool with that. But like, imagine if I move back two picks and I got stuck with Quentin Johnston and I had Quentin Johnston and and Christian Watson and I could have had JSN, like I would have been pissed. So like, just be mindful, but that is an opportunity right here on the one Oh seven to trade back. Yeah. We got Rachel. Hey, friends. What's up, Rachel? Good to see you tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, Yeah, I I guess I'll just round us out when saying if you guys are heading into the Dynasty rookie draft season anytime soon for you, keep your head on a fucking swivel in these drafts because you never know what's going to happen. I've seen second round picks get get thrown out there for in the times like past when Debo Samuel before he had his breakout. I remember him going for a second round rookie pick just in the middle of a draft. I remember last year who I, I wheeled and deal to trade. I traded Mac Jones away. I grabbed a couple of rookie picks and the throw in that I asked for was Nico Collins. And you know what I mean? So like you can get really lucky sometimes and some of it's just, you know, the luck of the draw, but yeah, keep your head on a fucking swivel out there, guys. I hope you enjoy the senior bowl and just this weekend sports. We got the senior bowl. We got the West shrine bowl. Uh, we also have the, the, the PGA pebble, uh, pebble, uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, so you got to check that out. The 19th hole, they just had a great episode earlier today as well. And then NASCAR is back, Hoop. We're heading the track. Uh, the clash at the Coliseum this week. We're going to be covering that later in the week with Ellie and the Rod, Ellie and Rod here on the on the uh, channel. So uh, this is a great week in sports. I hope everyone enjoys it, lives it to the fullest. And shout out again just to this great community we're building between here at In Between Media and on our YouTube and our website, InBetweenMedia.com. And over there at the Fantasy Football Advice Network, um, we appreciate everyone over there as well. And um, man, it's been a been a journey, Hoove. And uh, today was a big milestone for us. And just thankful for it, grateful for it, grateful to work with such a great, great organization here at IBT and everything we have rolling. And hey, man, uh, don't be afraid to be a disruptor. That's what I'm going to leave you with tonight, guys. Don't be afraid to be a fucking disruptor. Do shit your way. Um, don't be afraid to mix it up because. You know, what's going to make your content different if you ever want to do something like this? What's going to make you different as a human being? That's what you got to think about out there. So uh, hope everyone has a great rest of your Tuesday night. We'll be back next week. Until then, enjoy all the clips on the channel. Uh, Subscribe, come back, hang out with us again. Until then, though, you know what to do, guys. Uh, Keep it fucking in between. (laughs) 